This episode of Seawolf Pod was recorded Tuesday, May 22nd, 2018. As such, some things may have changed since then. For the latest updates, visit seawolfpod.com, where you can keep up on Seawolf's rugby news through Seawolf Pod social media and blog. Last, please be aware I do not censor this podcast in the interest of time, so it may contain explicit content. Here's the show. This is Seawolf Pod. Well, good evening, Wolf Pod. I've had a fun time getting through some technical issues here with YouTube. Um, you are tuning into my first solo YouTube live stream for. Just kidding. It's not a YouTube live stream. I wanted it to be. It will be next time. You're tuning into. Oh, what's up? Hey, thanks for joining, everybody. Um, had some technical difficulties. Wanted to be on YouTube tonight. Just didn't work out. I'm doing a podcast. It's all new to me. So, um, yeah, this is your first uh, solo live stream for Seawolf Pod. So, Seawolf Pod is the only Major League Rugby podcast solely covering the Seattle Seawolves. I am Raymond T. I'm a super fan of their team. I'm the founder and host and a bunch of other things at Seawolf Pod. Um, including some self-bestowed nicknames, One Man Wolf Pod and One Take Wonder. I started playing rugby at Lewis and Clark College and now play for the Oregon Sports Union, or ORSU, Jester's Senior Club, the best club in Portland. I'm biased. Um, Some of our players have squared up against and played with Seawolves, including our Eagles prop, Olive Khalifi. Um... And they've even played some other players in Major League Rugby, including Les, who was number 18 for Utah Warriors on the other side this last weekend. Um, And this is your weekly Q-tip. So I take um, news from Earful of Dirt, and I sift out just what they have to say about the Seawolves. Earful of Dirt, also known as EOD, is the best weekly source for everything MLR. But if you are prioritizing your time for the Seawolves, like myself, you'll be able to save time watching this episode. Um, For those on Instagram Live, I am taking a video through my laptop for YouTube, so I will be looking at that camera. I'm sorry. We can make eye contact some other time. Um, So... Yesterday night, Earful of Dirt released episode 37, which is uh, Major League Rugby Week 5, and the headline for that was Seattle Makes a Statement. So that's that's a cool headline. I like that. Um, the description of that video that they put up was, for a short weekend of matches, Major League Rugby really packed in the action. Nola Gold sneaked one past Houston Sabercats, while Seattle Seawolves showed why they are second place while downing Utah Warriors easily. It hurts my heart. I think we're first place, but second place isn't bad. Um, Glendale Raptors really know what they're doing this season, and it's going to be hard to beat them. So, um, yeah, let's let's move through some of what they said. Um, I'm going to be giving you the time signatures uh, in their YouTube video if you want to go check it out where they said these things. And I'll be using the last name of each of their correspondents to refer to who said what. Um, so at 2.02, Fredlin got into the Seattle match. He said that they really took it to Utah. Um, at 7.30, Munson said, this is one heck of a deal. Poach came back and said that um, this match was pretty popular across the board. Munson said that Seattle handled it pretty easily. Um, Perez said that he enjoyed, he said, um, I enjoyed watching and appreciate the energy in the crowd. Assume it'll sell out until the end of the season. 
Um, the power of the 16th man, as I like to say, showed. Uh, ran over Utah Warriors in the second half. First half with Seattle leading was still a game. Then all of a sudden, no defense on either team. Um, scoring galore. His favorite score was Tolu Tao took a quick tap and caught uh, the Warriors asleep, which he thought happened a couple of times. So then um, Poach came in and he said, these guys were playing a million miles an hour. Passing was really good, especially in tight spaces, but fast pace set high standard for um, what players were expecting. So uh, in the second half, better endurance allowed Seattle to outlaw, outlast the Utah Warriors. Um, Utah Warriors were just totally gassed, weren't making pretty simple mechanical defensive plays that you would expect a rugby player to be able to make at that point. Um, Perez said that it looked like a, you know, it was a 15s match, but it kind of looked like sevens. And then Poach noted that there's lots of sevens experience on the Utah Warriors side. And Perez said, you know, there is on the Seattle side too. Um, Poach said back to Perez that I'm a New England fan and it hurts my head to talk about Seattle. Then again, I remember the Super Bowl parade. Ouch. So um, if you're still with me here, we're at 1043 now in episode 37 of Earful of Dirt. Uh, Fredlin, who does their recaps, you might have seen the recap that he wrote um, on our match this weekend. He said it did seem like Seattle was trying to run Utah out of the building. Um, with Utah's size, you'd figured they'd wear down pretty quick, but they kept up well. Um, Poach noted that Utah Warriors are more of a forward-oriented team, while with Seattle you have Mac and Tiberio, who had themselves a game. Um, those guys on the outside, this is ver all this is verbatim. I'm just citing who said it. He said, those guys on the outside were mad entertaining to watch yo pass of the season Mac between his legs. Uh, Phil Mac, if you're watching or listening to this, it kind of was the pass of the season. Um, keep, keep doing that. I know it's a difficult, um, Munson said that was an amazing moment. Poach said that the reflexes and the timing that takes is just incredible. Um, what's up, Mr. White? I see you uh, in the Instagram live video. Uh, welcome to the show tonight. We've got a player uh, watching. So Poach said that... <laughs> um, so um, I lost my train of thought. I'm excited when a player gets into, uh, into watching. So um, Poach said that it was finally uh, a mistake was, was forced. There was a defensive, Fredlin said there was a defensive stand in the first half, which was just the moment of the match where, um, where Seattle held um, Utah Warrior through 30 phases. I mean, that's incredible defense. Poach said that um, they finally forced a mistake, but you got to give credit to um, Utah Warriors where deserved. Um, yeah, I see the staff in here too. Awesome. Um, give credit to the Utah Warriors for not making a mistake in those 30 phases between forwards and backs alike. Just some really good rugby on both sides. It comes down to that endurance factor where Seattle is at home with the fans on their side. Um, he kind of asked the, the other correspondents for EOD, how did you feel about the crowd's treatment of Morath at the tee? Um, so, you know, respect the kicker has been like a big debate. Um, Fredlin said, this isn't Ireland. We don't care. And Poach let out a big yes, thank you. Um, I love it. I think it's a great identity for Seahawks. And then he caught himself and said Seawolves fans. 
Um, I guess he's still into the whole Patriots Seahawks rivalry. Um, Fredlin said shout out to Tony Ridnell for doing the stadium announcing. And I got to give a shout out to Tony as well. Um, we did a little pregame at Watershed FC, which is the onside restaurant. And after that, he did the public announcing to keep people um, in the know with what was happening during the match. And that was awesome. Um, not only have I done a pregame with Tony, but um, we did a show at Postdoc Brewing. I'm going to pretend that this is a little bit of Postdoc Brewing I've got here. Uh, just got to keep. I'm getting parched, you know, just got to keep sipping. So, um, Poach said that, uh, TR, Tony Ridnell was trying to ask them to please stop. It's not cool. I've, um, talked to TR and, you know, he wants respect the kicker to happen. I kind of want it to happen too now. Um, but it's, it's not a huge deal to me. Um, Perez said that nobody's been talking about France. Um, yeah, the rocket IPA. I see you in the, in the Instagram live comments. Um, so, man, where was I? I'm going to get distracted by this. So Perez um, said that nobody's talking about in France where the fans will start whistling and using drums and vuvuzelas. Like, no one talks about that. They talk about, like, Ireland and England. Um, and then Poach made, like, a French joke that was kind of, I don't know if it was tasteful. Um, Munson said, it stuck out to me how clean this match was. Um, there were penalties here and there, but counted five to six scrums throughout the um, entire match, mostly lineouts or quick taps. People were just running rugby. And, um, oh, man, you did it again. I'm, I'm not reading this anymore. I'm, I'm going to stop getting distracted. You should be laughing on the other side of that screen. Um, I'm, I'm just getting great comments in the Instagram Live right now for anybody listening later. Um, yeah, so it was good rugby. Uh, <laughs> he got me. Fredlin said, um, you know, it was good rugby, but is that plus or minus the million cotton seeds? So if you were at the match, you saw this, but what you might not have realized is that it looked like it was snowing on TV, as Munson noted. Poach said that his roommate asked if Ash was coming in from Hawaii, which I think is super funny. Um, Perez noted that there were no yellow cards, and I, I think that's like a great accomplishment for an MLR match. I'm not sure if it's happened before. I bet EOD could uh, fill us in on that. But um, Poach was really firm about um, talking about the good things with Utah Warriors. He said that you have to give credit to Utah Warriors improving every um, week in every phase of their game. Unfortunately, they were not able to finish the way they would like to against a team like Seattle with um, BC Premier League and Canadian Cap players who have experience playing together. Um, you know, like with Seattle Saracens and North of the Border, um, Utah's just not at Seattle's level yet. Maybe they're at the level of like um, Austin Elite, Nola Gold, Houston Sabercats, but just not at the level of Seattle yet. Um, Fredland noted, and, and Tony Ridnell talked about this with the, it's a sevens team playing 15s, but Fredland was noting that, um, all right, I'm not going to read that yet. Um, so Fredlin said that they play as individuals on a field and that was an issue for them, Utah. Um, Poach said that they are getting better and I agree, um, that Utah is getting better. So Poach noted that was 30 phases against Seattle. You can't accomplish that inside and outside unless you're actually growing as a team. Um, the coach knows how he wants to build this team, but won't see the results they want to this year. Uh, Munson had a gripe here about this game. Um, he said he always has a gripe, and then they made fun of him for being the resident old man at EOD. He said, um, ESPN 
can't keep score. Apparently, the score was wrong for 15 minutes. So um, EOD, as well as myself, uh, we did our own scorekeeping, and the final score was 41-32. A couple key sources may not have had that correct. That's okay. Uh, A win is a win. So then Fredlin said, um, yeah, Seattle can't. They didn't count the last conversion. Poach said that Marath went fast on that last conversion. He drop-kicked it. Um, Munson is giving us some commentary on Castro and the YouTube comments who couldn't be on the live stream that night. He said, we're finally starting to see Utah Warriors actually create an attack shape, um, which is some real encouraging developments as well. Side note from me, not reading their things anymore. Um, Castro makes an important note here. Um, the Warriors have had a little bit of fitness issues and, um, you know, it gets difficult to hold an attacking shape in rugby. Um, if you don't have that kind of fitness, so they're getting better. Um, Castro also noted in the comments that the player of the week was hard to pick. I think he picks them maybe, um, for major league rugby, um, or maybe they just do their own picks, doesn't matter, um, said it was a toss-up between Vili, Tibbs, and Mac. Um, so that's Talu Tau, Tiberio, and Mac. Um, Talu Tau got player of the week. So um, they went into a discussion about um, who, who was player of the week as defined by MLR. Um, Perez said Vili Talu Tau, flanker for Seattle. He gets that award. He led Seattle's offensive onslaught. Um, with two tries, tremendous carries, one try close to the try or one try that was really close to the goal line um, after a slow start against um, fast pace and physical play from Utah, and said that Seattle had a strong defensive effort with a high rate of tackling, and um, Talutau had a great contribution to that. Um, Munson noted that um, Castro in the YouTube comments on the video that I'm just regurgitating here that um, Tiberio and Mac both had really strong performances too. Um, So then they talked about play of the week and Fredlin said it almost went to Utah Warriors um, cheeky lineout, but Seattle's defensive stand against Utah's 30 plus phases did it for me. You saw them grinding, it wouldn't give up. It wasn't the flash we're used to seeing, but that's what drew it apart from anything else this weekend. Um, Munson said, I agree, very strong showing of talent um, from the team, not just individual performance, really the theme of the night with MLR this last weekend. Um, As a team, Seattle's done a really good job making a case for them of being second place right now point-wise, and that's where they're sitting, and they probably deserve it. Arguments could be made for San Diego. There's real talent there, but Seattle's definitely um, defining their own destiny going forward, which I totally agree with. So Poach said... Um, San Diego versus Seattle, they're sort of X factors and how this second half of the inaugural Major League Rugby season is going to go with playoffs. Um, if San Diego Legion fills in complete uh, potential, can make run for third or second seed. However, Seattle's schedule ahead of them, they're going to get a game or two over San Diego, so they're both interesting to watch for the final standings. Perez said, for a team that I didn't have any particular hope for in Seattle, for them to get like fifth in week five of the league, played one preseason game from then to now, especially the fact that they're, um, you know, magnum opus penalty try motion picture with Seattle. It's just growing great right now. Um, Munson said, let's point out now, Seattle will have to watch out for towards the end of the season. They could be losing some players to the various national teams. Um, it could be a profound loss. So um, I just wanted to make a side note here that um, I think it's about seven players total and we can expect to lose about three. 
Um, they talked about who's most likely to beat Glendale. They thought it would be Seattle. Some thought it would be NOLA, um, which was definitely interesting. They talked about Trierweiler, our new hooker coming into the league, which I thought was pretty cool um, for us to get that signing, and he did really well. Um, and towards the end um, of the night, they talked about uh, Seattle selling out all their matches. And then um, they went into, for the, the final segment, into predictions. How did they do last week and how, did, how are they going to do, what are the predictions this week? Um, so they, they called the Seattle game game of the week. Um, and they were all in agreement that Seattle was going to win, but nobody had it quite uh, on the head. Munson had Seattle winning by five. Castro had Seattle winning by seven. Perez had it by 14, Munson had it by 13, so they either overshot or undershot the prediction. Um, and then for next week, um, I'm not sure what Perez said. I think he said Nola by 14. Um, Poach said Seattle by five. Nola has an ability to challenge Seattle, especially on their back line. Um, Fredland said Seattle by seven. They played extremely close in NOLA and home field advantage will push them just a little bit farther. Um, and then Munson said that Seattle handles it pretty easily up by 14 points. Um, Castro said that Seattle by 10 Seattle's on lockdown for these matches. So, um, I didn't really plan a sign off for tonight. Uh, thankful for everybody that's, uh, slid through the Instagram live, I've been looking at the camera on my laptop, so it can become a YouTube video, um, which will also be a podcast release if you want to hear this again. This was your weekly Q-tip from Seawolf Pod, which is bringing you all the latest news on Seattle from Earful of Dirt. Um, just a preview of what's ahead this week. Um, I'm going to be getting on the phone tonight with a Seattle fan who made a pretty damn good prediction about last weekend's game. I will put up a... Um, video of our chat and a recording in the morning and then that'll also be another episode so just like a seattle recap tomorrow um man what else uh hoping friday at postdoc um maybe i can do another another live show i'd like friday to be sort of the seawolf pod day to do um previews of the matches even if the game could be on Sunday. Um, it's going to be our last home match, I believe, coming up this weekend um, against NOLA, which is exciting. I am fighting off a sneeze right now. Excuse me. Um, yeah, we've got a fun weekend ahead of Major League Rugby again with the Seattle Seawolves and uh, just super thankful for everybody tuning in. I uh, hope you're getting something out of this as a fan. Make sure you're following me on Instagram and now on YouTube at SeawolfPodTV. Um, just want to bring you the best content possible on Seattle Seawolves. And, uh, yeah, thanks again for listening. I'm going to do my little sign-off. You know the deal. Hunt together, pot alone, and go Seawolves. Thanks, everybody.